Hey, dear church. Hey. So, this has never happened um, since I've been pastor at Treasuring Christ Church. But um, Matthew Moore, uh, one of our faithful members and deacons, was supposed to be preaching right now. In the first service, about a third of the way through, he passed out. And um, we caught him, and we walked him out into the foyer, and emergency personnel came, and um, thankfully, he is okay. But for a little bit in that first service, we weren't sure exactly what was happening with our dear brother. And so, as we then thought about what in the world to do in this service, I did not feel comfortable in changing what we had already decided. So, I now stand up here before you, not having prepared any message, and I want to read from Psalm 66. The sermon text that he was preaching from is Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. I want to read that as we close our service a little bit later. But I want you to know that I'm trusting the Spirit of God in these moments to carry His sweet people at Treasuring Christ Church. Because this I am sure of, He who began a good work in His people will bring it to completion. And so... As I have been helped by Psalm 66, I wanted to read it and make a few comments. And before I do, I just want to ask for the mercy of God upon our time. Father, I come and I come asking for a remarkable sensitivity to your Holy Spirit in these moments. There is a confidence in my heart that I explain by nothing else other than your sovereign mercy in my life, that you will use your word and you will use circumstances beyond our control. You will use trials in our lives To make us more like you in this moment together. And so, Father, I pray. I am convinced that you have a purpose for every single person in this room or watching through Facebook right now for their lives to look more like you. And so we pray, come, for the glory of your name, come. Move in power, remarkably unite your people, change us on the spot, make our mouths filled with praise and love as we get to sit underneath your word. So Father, I pray that you would help us in these moments. 
We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 66. You need to understand that when you dive into the Psalms, the Psalms have been put together as a book. They have an introduction and they have a conclusion. Psalm 1 and 2 are the introduction and they set up the hero of the entire book of the Psalms as the coming son. We know him to be Jesus. So the hero of the book of Psalms is the coming Messiah, the coming son that we're meant to kiss and embrace and love and take refuge in. His name is Jesus Christ. And the end of the psalm, Psalm 145 to 150, is the conclusion. And it ends with great praise. Because God keeps His word. He does what He says He's going to do. And now all in between, you have these psalms pieced together. And we dive now into Psalm 66. So remember this. Jesus is the hero. And it's meant to result in praise and honor to His glory alone. Psalm 66 says this. To the choir master, a song, a psalm. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of His name. Give to Him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name, Selah, which means think on it. Stop for a second. The overwhelming point of verses 1 to 4 is that God is worthy of glory. He is the most glorious. He is the most supreme. And our response is to shout for joy, to herald that. This church was founded, treasuring Christ's church, upon this belief that there is nothing greater than the glory of God. And that that is what is meant to be known in everything we do. As long as he gives us breath, this is about God's fame and God's glory. It's about us loving him above everything else. And so what I pray as we pause in verses 1 to 4, I pray that we see he is worthy of praise. How awesome are your deeds. I feel led at this moment that we might just stop for a second and pray. Whether you want to pray in small little groups, whether you feel like crazy uncomfortable with that, and you just want to pray on your own, it says here, say to God, how awesome are your deeds. I think we just need to tell him how great he is and remember all the great things he has done. So whether that's for you as an individual or whether that's for a group of you around, this is what we did in the first service. When the preacher passes out, you pray. I don't know if that's a book or something, but that's what we did. And so, why don't we pray? I'll close this after just a little bit. Remembering verse 2, 3. How awesome are your deeds. Let's just spend some time in prayer.
Let's take just a few more seconds and then I'll close this. So God, we say together with shouts, how awesome are your deeds. I just want to declare your faithfulness today. I'm so thankful that this was not more serious for Matthew than it was. I'm thankful that it was just a failure to eat this morning and the locking of the legs and the nerves and I'm glad that he's okay. We declare your awesome deeds over his life. I'm thankful that between service, I was able to go back there with him and he's laughing, even wanting to preach and us having to say probably best not to. Father, we we declare your awesome deeds, the awesome deeds of giving us laughter and also giving us tears, giving us joy and also giving us the ability to understand what it is to be sad and to hurt for others. Thank you for giving us, for those who trust in you, your Holy Spirit, so that there is conviction and yet comfort. Thank you for not leaving us as we are, but changing your people day by day. Thank you for giving us mouths that can both cry out to you when we don't have a clue why things are happening the way they are happening, and we are able to cry out to you. When there are times of misunderstanding or confusion. When we don't know the future. We're also able to shout for joy with this mouth. Because you are awesome and glorious and greatly to be praised. So Father we want to come and see what you have done. And we want to declare your awesome deeds. With our mouths. Please help us we pray in Jesus name. Amen. The word of God goes on in verse 5. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds toward the children of man. Where verse 3 is a prayer, verse 5 is a declaration of who God is. He is awesome. That's not up for debate. He is awesome in his deeds toward the children of man. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There did we rejoice. Echoes of the Exodus when God led his people through. There did we rejoice in him who rules by his might forever, whose eye, eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. Stop and think. Verse 8. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. This is a declaration of how even when things seem to be so shifty, God is secure for His people. Verse 10, For you, O God, and hear this, church, hear this, when you personally or we corporately go through difficult times. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. 
You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. Knowing that Jesus is the hero of this book, we should not think that our lot will be different than our Savior's lot. Who in the path of faithfulness walked through all kinds of mocking and suffering and pain. All in the faithful trajectory of following His Savior. We must understand suffering is meant to make us more like Him. And trust that if he overcame the grave, Jesus is alive, we celebrate that, then we can walk one day in our new life. The abundance might be heaven, but the abundance might also be a taste of heaven here on earth, and that's what we pray for. Peace, unity, joy, love. And so we trust that our God has not left us. On the contrary, He has taken us into the fire. Not because He's against us, but because He's refining us. That on the other side, we might know Him better and walk in abundance. What's the path into that abundance? He tells us in verse 13 all the way to verse 15. It's through repentance. The sacrificial system was the place where you had to deal with sin. And so he says this in verse 13, I will come into your house with burnt offerings. This is what the the people of Israel would sing. I will come into your house with burnt offerings, O God. I will perform my vows to you, that which my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. Verse 15, I will offer to you burnt offerings of fattened animals with smoke of the sacrifice of rams. I will make an offering of bulls and goats. I will deal with my sin, the people would say. The only way sinners on this side of the cross can deal with their sin is to confess it and to ask that the blood of Jesus Christ covers our sin and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And so the beautiful gospel is, do not try to fix yourself, for you will not be able to do that. The gospel is, Come to Jesus, all who are weary and heavy laden, and he will give you rest. Come to him, hands open, confessing your sin and believing that he is enough to make you new. He is your righteousness. We stand on him alone. And so verse 16, come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. Remarkable verses here in verses 18 and 19. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly, God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. It's remarkable. God hears sinners, not because they're perfect. 
but because they didn't cherish the sin in their heart, but they gave it to a cherished Savior. The Lord listens to your prayers. He cares about every one of your pains. Stop categorizing certain things as not worthy to call out to God about. Take small, take big, take it all. Take joys, take pains, take suffering, take thankfulness, take it to Him. Don't wait until you're ready or you feel clean enough. You are only clean by the righteousness of Jesus. But do not cherish sin. Turn from it. But just know this. Cherish a Savior. He hears the prayers of His people. God truly has listened. I encourage you. I've had to take this journey too. I encourage you. Write down not only what you pray, but answers to prayer. And when you start doing that, you will see them everywhere. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, verse 18, the Lord would not have listened, but truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Verse 20, blessed be God, because He has not rejected my prayer or removed His never-ending, unfailing, steadfast love from me. So I feel like we should stop and pray again. Passage ended. But I think it's beautiful that God is blessed and that we need to thank Him that He hears our prayers and that He does not remove His steadfast love from His people. My encouragement for this season of prayer is how I encouraged our people in the first service. I encourage you to pray for this church. That what we would see in this church, as individuals or as a body, when we walk through a furnace of affliction, that God might make His kingdom come in a small way or in a great way. And we might see Corporate repentance leading to revival. Leading to His Spirit moving in our body and seeing people come to faith in Jesus and our city and the nations affected by a group of people who refuse. Who refuse to cherish sin and who insist on cherishing a Savior. If you're a guest with us, I'm committing right now personally to pray for you. I encourage you, I encourage you to believe these promises that through simple confession of sin and saying, Jesus, you can do this alone. I cannot save myself, that he loves you and you can be his child today. I encourage you to pray this as well, pray these things as well. Let's spend some time in prayer. I'll close us after a season.
Let me pray for us. Father, we pray that you would work within our body a love for your glory above every other love. That our mouths would be characterized as declaring your awesome deeds. Not just in this room. In our homes. In our personal prayers. In our workplaces. At the gym. In the parks. Wherever we are. Fill our mouths with praise. Father, I pray that our church would grow and as a church we would not be so overwhelmed by the struggle that we lose sight of the one, you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords who says, Even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. Father, thank you that you'll never leave us. Help us to be more aware of you than we are the trial. Father, I pray that you would, as Charles Spurgeon has encouraged me in some of my readings, that you would loosen our grip on this earth. When we see my dear brother pass out in the first service, it reminds us we are all weak people. And this place is not our home. Being with you is our greatest reward and our greatest joy. So loosen our grip on this earth and make our longing to be with you in heaven greater and greater in these moments. Father, please work within us all, I pray. Thank you for the guests that have come to be with us today. I pray that you would work in their lives a mighty miracle of faith. I pray that for them and this whole church that marriages would be healed. I pray that wisdom would be granted for parents. I pray that students would find your presence in the midst of fear and anxiety about the future or about upcoming tests or about the courses that are ahead of them. I pray that relationship struggles would find peace. I pray that we would be given the grace to believe the best of one another and to walk in love. Please, Father, move in our body. Move in these dear people that are here today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said, to conclude, I want to honor Matthew Moore's hard work of preaching half of Colossians 3, 1 to 17, and I just want to read it. I think it's a testimony both of the people in this church and also of God's kindness. I had a guest come up to me between services and he said, I've been visiting a lot of churches over these past several weeks and I just sense an authentic, genuine love and joy in the people that are here at Treasuring Christ Church. I was encouraged by that. I pray you are as well. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. And then we will sing together. If then you...
That's a plural you, church. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, when he appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you two once walked when you were living in them, but now, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in, the knowledge, in knowledge after the image of its creator. So here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. So put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Put on compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him let's stand and let's sing together. Amen.